0: We're going to read together and I'm going to skip a few verses and I'll tell you when we're going to skip them. And the reason I'm skipping them is because it's not in relation to the message that I'm bringing and we'll go down a little because it comes back to it. In Mark chapter 5, please, starting with verse number 21. Mark 5, 21 said, and When Jesus was passed over again by a ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And before, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, life at the point of death, I pray thee, come And lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged her. Now skip down to verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said... Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue. Here's what he said to him. Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter. And James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of that ruler, or the ruler of the synagogue. Notice that ruler of the synagogue is mentioned several times in these scriptures. And and he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make you this ado, and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha, come which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway, I like that word straightway, Mark's full of it. And straightway, that means immediately, the damsel arose and walked. For she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. And commanded that something should be given her to eat. You can be seated. Our Father, we come to your presence. We thank you for this little precious scripture. Lord, that we have read this morning. Help us to draw some strength from it to get some thoughts from it, to be encouraged by it, and Lord, to get a challenge, Lord, to do our work. We thank you, Lord, for supplying, Lord, the needs that we have in our heart, and in the ministry, and in the church. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us down through the years that we've been trying to take care of your business, Lord, your business becomes ours. And we thank you for that. Now I pray God you give us thoughts that we might stand in the gap, make up the hedge for the cause of Christ. If there's one under the sound of our voice this morning that's lost without God and on their way to hell, I pray you'll reveal it to them today. And they'll call upon your name. If there's a church member that's not saved but thinks they are, and maybe thought it for years and right now they think they still are, but they're not. I pray, God, you speak to them. Everyone is born again. I pray, God, you'll make them understand that they've got to goods. And there's no reason not to rejoice. And may we be strengthened by coming to the house of God today. May the word of God challenge, encourage, and encourage. Lord, lighten our life. That we be what we need to be in a sin-cursed world. We we'll thank you for what you're going to accomplish. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, look with me, please, this morning in this book of Mark. I love it. We've just come out of chapter four of the book of Mark over there, and how that they come down and uh, and uh, went up. Where's well, chapter number two? I guess it is. Uh, how that they they four or three? I'll get it right in a minute. How that they walked up on the roof and let the lame man down through. Mark is a good book for evangelism. And I want to challenge you with that this morning. Multitudes are on their way to hell and we need to change that. We need to get out of religion and get into salvation. A lot of people, they don't know what it is to really be birthed in the family of God. Or they'd be happier than they are. But we're looking here in the book of Mark. I want you to see this. That Jesus is... Come from the other side of the ship. And much people is gathered there in verse 21. And while he's there, here becomes one of the rulers of the synagogue. I don't know what his job was. I don't know what he did as a ruler of the synagogue. But he had some kind of responsibility. Because it's means several times. He was an important fellow, I'd say. Would you? I see this. He comes to Jesus and he saw him and when he did, he fell at his feet. Now, we're going to talk about this today and his daughter as a type of salvation. And we're going to see this girl raised from the dead. We're going to see this every time a death is, somebody's raised from the dead, it's a type of death to life. It's a type of salvation. Well, that's what salvation is picking up the old man, saving the old man, making a new man out of him, giving a new hope, a new life, a new way, a new way of doing things, a new way of living. Praise God. That's what I've had. You've had it too, haven't you? Praise God, or at least I hope you have. So we'll find this This man comes to him and he says uh, to him, talks about his daughter in verse 23. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he bows down before him his feet. That means he knows something special about this man. Can I tell you the Bible teaches us that you can't just get saved when you want to. Somebody said anybody can get saved. Not. Without coming through the channels. The Bible said faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me back up a minute and give you a little bit of history of where we are. Jesus is the last, and I've said this for years. It's went over like a lead balloon. Sometimes preachers say things, you just don't catch it. But Jesus is the last of the prophets. He's the prophet, he's the priest, and he's the king. From Genesis to Revelation, he's the prophet, he's the priest, and he's the king. Can I say to you on top of that, he is the priest of all priests. He's the king of all kings. And he's the prophet of all prophets. There's never been a prophet greater than Christ. Amen. Now Jesus said never been a prophet greater than John the Baptist. But he wasn't talking about himself. Amen. And so we find that there have been great prophets, great priests, great kings. But nobody's ever surpassed the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, you've got that in your mind. You've got to remember that the law has still and is still in effect right here. Not in effect today, but it's in effect here when Jesus speaks this. We also recognize that the day of grace has not come yet. It didn't happen till Christ went to the cross and died, went to the grave and rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Have we got that together? We got our history right? If we don't get that unfolded right, we're going to miss all this. So we're coming to a new way of doing things. The Messiah is on scene. When I say Messiah, I'm talking about the promised Redeemer. He hasn't redeemed nobody yet, With His blood, yet every time He raised somebody from the dead, He has done it in future. He's going to die on the cross. No lamb, no goat, no bullock has ever saved anybody up to this point in time and since then either. Because Jesus Christ represented every lamb, every goat, every bullock that's ever been offered. He is the supreme sacrifice. Amen. Now, these are things you know. Yeah. I'm just bringing them back to your attention. And if you don't know these things. You better get them in your mind. Nobody's saved outside the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary. Amen. Without shedding the blood. There's no remission. Amen. No salvation. Outside the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, let's look a little further. We find that Jesus now uh, has been going uh, for some time. I don't know what length of time in the three and a half years He is on the earth that this particular incident happened. But He's been raising the dead before. He's been touching the lepers, which is a type of salvation. He's been doing all that. You see it? And so we see that people were seeing it. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You remember I said that a while ago? Why did I say it? Because nobody can get saved without the preaching of the word of God. You said there were no preachers. The preacher of all preachers was there. Nobody's ever been a preacher like Christ. Never been a better preacher than him. Been good preachers that came before him. Good preachers that came after him. But not the best teacher and preacher as him. He's above all. So somebody has seen the miracles of Jesus. Somebody's heard about him. This man here hadn't heard of him before. But now he's heard of Jesus and he knows if I could just get my daughter or get him to my daughter, she'd be whole. I want to ask you a question. Who's in charge down at your house? This is a serious question. Serious question. Who's in charge? Why is he in charge? Amen. Are you in charge? You gonna make a mess. You as a husband, you in charge? Certain things you are, of, but if you're in charge of everything, you're wrong. Ladies, are you in charge? Yeah, I'm the only one living there. I guess I am. No. Amen. You understand. So I'm looking at some thoughts. Wouldn't you like to know that Jesus was in charge at your house? Oh, yes, preacher. Well, glory to God. Why you look so sad. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Can you just see people sucking their thumb when Jesus is in charge? Weeping when Jesus is in charge? I'm going to show you some people has got all this in just a minute. I'm going to show you what changed. And I'm going to tell you and show you, it's got to be the same way in your life or it ain't going to get changed. So the first thing I say, this, this Jairus, uh, whatever his name is, he's heard of Jesus. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to hear about Jesus. Amen. That's why you want to preach Jesus to the Muslims, to the SDA, Seventh day Adventists, to the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's why you want to preach it to uh, the lost, to the world. They've got to hear the gospel. If they don't hear the gospel, they can't get saved. There's countries that's never heard the gospel. What happens to them, preacher, when they die? Yeah, they go to hell. You said that's cruel. Well, I can't I put their place. Listen, the gospel, somebody said, we got to get the gospel out. That's right. We failed. We did it for a while. Some are still doing it to some degree, but it's failed. And if they die lost, they go to hell. I don't care if it's your cousin, my cousin, my family, my child, your child. We got to get them the gospel, they got to hear. If they're just not hearing the Word of God, they're not going to be brought to the knowledge of the truth. And if they don't hear the truth, they'll die in a lie and go to hell. So it says this man fell at his feet. He's heard the gospel. Why is he coming to Jesus? He knows that there's probably nothing else in the world that can help his daughter from dying. Nothing. Now, can I ask you this? What's the only thing that can keep your child from dying and going to hell? Same one this man bowed at the feet of Jesus. Now, we've got that, hadn't we? Verse 23 said, And he besought him greatly. I believe he was begging Jesus. To have salvation, you got to hear the gospel. Secondly, to get him down to your house, you've got to invite him. If you've got the little idea in your life that you're just going to sit back and wait till God knocks, you on, or knocks a knot on top of your head and knocks you over and puffs in salvation in your soul, you're going to die and go to hell. God don't do that. He preaches to us. To get our attention through the Holy Ghost of God. And then He opens our mind of understanding to receive what we've heard. And then it's up to us to invite Him in. Amen. You that's been saved this morning, know you've been saved. Did God knock the door and latch off and come in on His own? He didn't come in as an intruder, did He? Didn't you have to ask Him to save you or at least repent and bow at His feet? That's what this man done. Now he's in behalf of his daughter. And I say this morning, evidently he had already got there. But his daughter hadn't got there yet. She's 12 years old, or thereabout, it said. And so she's got to do something. So he's trying to get her, and he can't get her to him. He's got to get Christ to her. Now some of you got children this morning. And you can't get them to Christ. So your only hope is to get Christ to them. I'm giving you some practical things. Hey, enjoy. Sometimes I'm not skinning hides. I'm just giving you the truth. Sometimes I'm a pretty good little preacher. So take it on is that this morning. I'm giving you a challenge. I do care for souls. I care for souls. That every time I go somewhere. I try to take. Sometimes I forget it. But most of the time. 98% of my life. When I'm going out. I've got Christian literature in my pocket. Amen. Amen. You ladies ought to have Christian literature in your pocket everywhere you go. And you ought to you ought to get up in the morning and pray. And this is what I pray, and I notice some more around here is praying that too, and I thank God for it. And I say, Lord, guide my day today. Lead me to somebody I can talk to about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Matter of fact, I went to McDonald's this morning, and I, I usually go to Max about seven o'clock in the morning. That's when they open, I found out they open a little bit earlier sometimes, but usually at seven I go in. And when there's nobody and so this morning I was just running. Just just pardon me. I was a little lazy this morning. I got up at five. But when seven come along, I was still dragging. I was praying and studying and trying to find something actually to preach. And that's when God gave me this thought. And then he confirmed it. And I was praying, God, what you want me to preach? And then God led me to this scripture and I said, what do you want me to say? And the Lord said, just read it and I'll give you words. And he has so far. Listen, but I'm saying usually, Lord, give me somebody to speak to every day. So I went to McDonald's. I'm a little late. I'm I'm not till seven fifteen, getting there. Looked like nobody there. I walked in. There's a fellow standing over at that little thing trying to order by that big old thing, and I don't know how to run that. And I, am too old to learn, I guess, or or just too sorry to learn, or something like you. I just refuse to learn it. So I walked up and ordered my breakfast. I'm standing there waiting on it. They're bringing it out, setting it down. And the fellow had been walking around in there. And he walked over to me and he said, Oh, you go to Bible Way Baptist Church? I said, uh, I'm the pastor at Bible Way Baptist. He said, well, praise the Lord, he said. And I said, I said he said, I live right behind you. Live right behind you. I said, How long have you been there? He said, Just bought the place. It is fixing to put a bunch of trailer park, I put a bunch of trailers in back I didn't know that right back down here. You might have known Detroit. I don't know. But he said, I couldn't stand that. I bought it all. And I said, Praise God. I said, Where do you go to church? And he said, I'm looking. I said, Quit looking. He is real nice to talk to. And I said, Thank God, I'm giving him my first one today. And we got to talking a little while. That's why I was late. Amen. Being sluggish and slow necessarily wasn't all my fault. God was holding me back to get me at the right time. He knows what that fella's schedule was. That's how we're to live. So I gave him some literature. And invited him. Went out feeling pretty good. Amen. But Jairus, he's saying here, he's he's saying, I've got to get him down to my house to get Jesus at my house. I've got to invite him to my house. And she said, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. In verse 23, in the middle of it. I pray thee, what's he say? Come and lay hands Lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. I want you to come down to my house and raise my daughter up. And now what happened when you got saved? You said, Lord, I want you to come down and get in me. I want you to live in me. I'm inviting you into my life. Alright, notice what it says after that. It said in verse 24, And Jesus went with him. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Amen. Come nigh to Him. He'll come nigh to us. Amen. You know why the Lord may not be at your house? You ain't not asked Him lately. Amen. And you know why you ain't asked Him? you got too much junk in there. you have to clean it out. There's things in your house I guarantee you wouldn't want Jesus to see. Let me get off of that. I'm trying to preach a pretty smooth sermon this morning. Amen. You said, I ain't got nothing I wouldn't care for him seeing. Amen. I doubt that. Why? You're freshening up the house just to have your neighbor come see you. What about Jesus? You'll pick up a little trash, do something. If I come to see you. Well, I don't know about that, but you should. Understand? Now we see this. He he looks at this and he says in verse 24, And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. They were so close to him, it was a crowd. Now we skip the other verses. The reason is because the woman with the issue of blood has come in between that going there. And he healed her. But look at verse 35. While he yet spake, that's when he's going and healing this woman, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter's dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? You know what I call that? The critics. If you ever try to get Jesus first in your life, you're going to have all kinds of critics pop up on the right, the left, in front of you, behind you. They'll hinder you from getting to Christ. Your friends don't care for you getting close to Christ. You know why? It'll cut them out. I want to show you something here. Verse number thirty-five, and then he he tells us that they told him, he said, "Master, you your your." your Your daughter's dead. Don't trouble him anymore. Don't trouble Jesus. Uh, Don't bother him. The world says don't bother Jesus. Don't go to Jesus. You can work it out yourself. You can handle it. And you believe the devil sometimes. And won't even pray and say, Lord, I want you in on this situation. All of us have done it. We shouldn't do it, but we do it. Then it comes on. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. I mean, don't doubt this. Don't question. I'm still going to your house. You've asked me to do something, and I'm going to do it. Seek and you shall find. I said that while ago. Knock on the Lord's door and He'll answer. Verse thirty-seven, and He suffered no man to follow Him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Did we not read above here that there was a crowd that thronged Him? It was so tight that they couldn't even fellowship. But when Jesus got to where he was going to this man's house, what did he say? He looked at the crowd and he said, I want Peter, James, and John to come with me. That's three of the top-notch disciples that he had. I preached this many, many times. You'll understand it when I say it again. may not have caught on to it before, but now maybe you'll catch it. Out of those 12 disciples, one of them was a devil. And the Lord certainly didn't want Judas in there. He'd already had the effects of Judas in there, Satan. He didn't want the other eight because they were just kind of mediocre disciples. They're just run of the mill, if you will, nothing special. And God's showing us that He can do work in the midst of a devil Judas, and He can do a work of God in the midst of just ordinary people. But He can do more work when He's got three that are anointed, and we call them the inner circle disciples that are following Him with all their heart. Yeah. I believe out of all the twelve, Peter, James, and John were the three disciples. That followed Christ with all their soul. They weren't perfect. Peter denied Christ at the end. James and John. They weren't there at the resurrection. They only went so far. But I'll tell you there's the best choice he had in them twelve. Not saying today that it's how you are, or your character is what's going to make you use more of God. No, it's how much you obey Him. So He took them three, Peter, James, and John. Look at verse 38. And He cometh to the house. He cometh to... Hey, it's a glorious day when Jesus comes to my house. I feel his presence in the house of God. And I feel his, house, his presence in the house where I live. Amen. And you ought to feel his presence at the house you live in. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth... What do you say? You know that's what he's going to find in the average house in America? Right here. He's going to find it with tumult and them that wept, and them that wailed greatly. I am sure, I'm almost positive, I don't see it written in the Word of God, but I'm almost ninety nine point nine 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 point nine percent sure that her mother was in that crowd. I just see you your daughter's dead, you walk in, you, you found out she's dead and Jesus comes in the house and everybody's a crying and the weeping and the wailing and you're sitting there going, <laughs> I don't see nothing. No, you would be a screaming your head off. Are you with me? And it said, that, and when he was come in, he saith unto them, why make you such a do?" And weep. The damsel's not dead, but sleeping. Then you know what they've done? We'll talk about it in a minute. They started laughing and crying, not crying, but to begin to make fun of him. You know why? We underestimate the power of God. Some of us sitting in this building today don't know that God's going to take care of you and can take care of you and will take care of you. And until you get to them three places in life, you're going to be miserable. What if I have a wreck on the way home? Glory to God. Absent with the body. Present with the Lord. I don't have to go to the house to get anything to leave this world. I've already got it all. He lives down here. I just get me a life going up, but the fellas behind me are going to have to clean it all up. Amen. Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out. Now, let me just tell you something Jesus never takes over a house until he takes it over. Why does Jesus not bless you day and night? You ain't let Him have it all yet. He's limited to what He can do. Do you see all this? It's there. He won't get all your house till you give Him all your house. Some of you... He saved your soul. You're going to heaven when you die simply because God's moved in. But there's a lot of things you've got packed up in the closet here and the closet there, and you won't turn loose of it, and you are miserable to the car because you won't obey His word. Woo! He got rid of the crowd. He cleaned out the house. He took over the house. But when he had put them all out, notice what he did. All that was in there, he took, he taketh the father. That's the one that got Jesus there. And the mother. So when it brought her into the world of the damsel and them that were with him, who were the ones that were with him? Somebody tell me Peter, James, and John. God wants the best crowd. He didn't go down to the county seat and try to find him somebody to help him. He didn't even get Peter, James, and John to help him. He just got some backup that had the power of God. I'm going to say something here that you might not agree with, but I'm used to that. Peter, James, and John couldn't raise the girl up. They might, could if they'd have trusted God enough. But did you know? He didn't take them to help him because he didn't need no help. He just wanted somebody that knew who he was and what he was for backup and strength. I've been to some of the old country churches. I'm not against country churches. That's what we are. But I've been to the churches where somebody comes to the altar and about 50% of the congregation gets around them. I've seen them and I've said to myself, I know my boys have seen this. I went over here as saying to them, I remember one little girl right here in this church one time, uh, there's a man, the girl's daddy said, uh, turn, turn loose, let God, turn loose, let God uh, pray through, give it all to God. Amen. And another over here trying to tell him how you do this and how you do that. And uh, this girl was having 14 or 15 different ways of trying to get into heaven. Jesus stopped that by putting three in there, Peter, James, and John, that would do it just like He did it. And Mom and Daddy, they are ready to try anything just to get her well and up on her feet. Now she's limp. She's dead. You got that? What could mama do? She couldn't do nothing. What could daddy do? Nothing. The only life giver in the house was Jesus Christ who was there with her. So he takes them in. He enters in where the damsel was lying in verse 4. Is this informative? I like to look at all these miracles like this. He said in verse number 41, And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, Arise! She distinguished herself from every damsel in the world. And she rose. And straightway or immediately the damsel arose and walked. For she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. The Lord done the work. He done the raising. He done the saving. Your salvation should not have been no product of your mama, your daddy, your preacher, or anybody else. One thing I've tried my best to do for down through the years is trying to keep people from being pull green. I've seen so many. I've seen them go through the motions and saying they got saved and then years later there's no fruit to their life. And I'm saying to myself, I doubt that they got the salvation. I even seen it in my own family members. Amen. And straightway the damsel rose and couldn't get up. And what it said, is it? And walked. For she was the age of twelve years and they were astonished with her great astonishment. And verse 43 said, And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given to her to eat. No, don't go out and tell it. Now the Lord said, I thought we were supposed to tell it when we were saved. We are. But the Lord was trying to say, hey, look, you don't see the see the whole key to that? If do you think they ever talked about it? <laughs> I believe they talked about it. I don't believe he got off the front porch till they're done telling everybody. You know why? Because she came out with them. Now everybody else is telling the story. She's alive. We thought she's dead, but she's alive. I'm sure some stood out there and said, well, the Lord just kind of woke her up. She was really asleep and He woke her up. No, He raised her up. Now you know what that means? It means if you can't tell that you've been saved, you might better check and make sure you've been saved. Amen. That old preacher didn't tell me not to say anything about it. But it wasn't done him no good. I'm still telling it. Amen. It's lasted pretty good. Amen. You know what I think? I think it'll last till I draw my last breath here. And then it'll last for all eternity. Not just what I think, that's what I believe. And I give God the glory for it. Now that's just a little short story of this salvation experience of this little damsel, 12 years old. Jesus went to her house. Who's in charge? When He comes in, that's what He's going to... Listen, don't you ever think Jesus will save you and not take over your life? Preacher, I I don't want Him taking over my life. Well, don't ask Him to come in. Because He will take it over. Amen. You said, how do you know? No tell him where I'd be and what I'd be doing this morning had God not saved my soul. Amen. I've had Him on my mind since I got saved. And when, even those times that I kind of dismissed it to the side, He reminded me, He'll punch me in the ribs and let me know He's still around. Amen. Amen. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I pray God I help you while you come to the instruments this morning.